thank you for joining us on Central Parish Radio Podcast. You are about to listen to Psalm for the Day, a series of teachings on the book of Psalms. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. This is Psalm for the Day coming to you from the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Central Parish. Our Psalm for the Day is Psalm 51, verse 1 to 12. Psalm 51, verse 1 to 12. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to their loving kindness, according unto the multitude of their tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified. When thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with Aesop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Our emphasis in this particular session will be on verse 4. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. That particular passage opens our eyes to several things. Just like we said in the last episode, that all sins are committed against God, principally and clearly it's, um, it was expressly put in that passage. That all sins are committed against God, against thee, thee only, have I done this evil in thy sight. So it's clear. And David was saying here that one of the reasons why we need to come to this understanding is that we must know that it is in this understanding that God is justified. Because there are times when people will give excuses why some things we are done. In other, in, other, in other words, they might be justifying themselves. Some people might say it is a social condition in which they are living. And that's the reason why you have some people who have been pushing for what we call the social ethics. Oh, they are saying, you know, it all depends. It is because of the environment. It was the environment that has made the person to do such and such and such a thing. So they justify themselves. But the Bible says, we must have the understanding that everything is committed against God so that God will be justified whenever he condemns and that it will be clear to us when he judges us. All sins are committed against God. Why should God take sin personal? I think many people will want to ask that question or maybe, maybe many of us have been asking that question in our hearts. God, why are you taking sin personal? This is between the two of us here on earth. This is between me and my, and my friend. 
Oh, this particular person has done such and such against against me, and so I have also revenged. So what concerns you with that? Many people will say that. Why should God take sin personal? There are, we'll look at at least a few reasons today. There are several reasons. But let's look at some reasons today. Number one, because of his authority. God is the absolute authority. And sin is an attack on God's authority. From the beginning, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, God reveals to us, he is the one who has the final say. And so he, he, he reveals here to us what the instruction that he gave unto Adam. And the Lord God commanded the man, say, of every tree of the, of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Because of his authority. It is the one who has authority to lays down rules. And so we discover here that our God lays down rules by which we must, uh, we must live. By which, which, by which we must abide. We must abide by his rules because he is the final authority, the absolute authority. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, as God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. As God said, and so now we discovered there was this, um, this creature who now came to cast aspersion on what God has said, to challenge what God has said, and to, and to recruit the man and the woman to his own side. Now, they didn't know that living here on earth before he came was Satan. And Satan was able to employ the instrumentality of the serpent. You know, Satan is a spirit, and though he needed a body, he needed uh, a, a kind of space through which he can express himself. And so he entered into the serpent. And he spoke through the serpent and he challenged, the, uh, he challenged God. He befriend, he became a friend to, to the woman. And maybe we don't know how long they have been, uh, they have been discussing. Maybe he's been coming every day. Maybe they have, already, they have already struck a kind of friendship. And the woman was already was feeling comfortable in the presence of the serpent until the woman was drawn away from the side of God. And this is exactly how sin happens. Those who will introduce you into sin, they first of all try to become something like a friend, even though they have an ulterior motive. And the ulterior motive is to destroy you eventually. As God said, he challenged uh, what God has said. And verse 5 of that passage says, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. He provided an alternative to the woman or the man. Oh, God knows. God is keeping a secret from you. God is keeping a good thing away from you. So God knows that if you should do this kind of thing, you know, your eyes will be opened. You know, there have been a lot of young girls who were virgins and who were raised, in a, uh, who were raised from good homes, virtuous homes. And they have been told that they have to maintain their virginity till they, they marry. 
But because of wrong friends, you will tell them, oh, it shows that you are social. You are not social. The man you are going to marry will look at you and say, oh, you are not social. You are not experienced. And at the end of the day, they lose their virginity. Not only is it that they lose their virginity, they lose their respect for the rest of their life. And so a lot of them will regret it if they die. But it's already too late. So this is exactly what happened. The devil challenged the authority of God. He is still doing the same thing today. Every time a sin is committed, this is what the devil is doing in your life. The devil is challenging the authority of God and is recruiting you to do the same so that the two of you will be on the same side. And remember, he is in hell. And everyone who follows him will go to hell with him. The second thing that happened, why God takes sin personally is because of his holiness. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 5 tells us about the holiness of God. God opened the eyes of prophet Isaiah and he saw God in his holiness. He had the angels, the angels in glory saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. This is their refrain, this is their song from eternity to eternity. This is what they sing to him every day. They sing about his holiness because that is his nature. His nature at the, at the, at the very core of God. It is his nature. His nature is holiness. He's a holy God. And because he's a holy God, he cannot stand sin. He can't stand sin. That's why even the best of all prophets, when he saw God in his holiness, he said, Ah, woe is me. I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts. He acknowledged his uncleanness in the, before the clean God, the holy God. And because he acknowledged his uncleanness, God cleansed him. It doesn't matter who we are today. We must acknowledge we are dealing with the holy God. And our, and our righteousness is like filled rag before him. When we acknowledge our, our, our sinfulness, he will cleanse us. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Habakkuk 1 13 says, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and cannot look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdeth thy tongue, when the wicked devoured the man that is more righteous than he? Here the prophet was asking this particular, particular question from God. God, you can't see them. You are of purer eyes. You can't, you can't behold evil. And can't you see all the evil that has been done around as if God couldn't say, God understands, and he has his way of dealing with sins. That takes us to the, to the, to, to the next thing, because I would like us to, fail, to I mean, to at least to, to take this particular topic to a point today. The next thing that we need to bear in mind about God is his justice. He is a just God. So God takes sin personal because he's a just God. If God should look away from, from sin as if it's not existing, then that affects his nature permanently. It affects his nature. It means he's no more a holy God that he is. He's no more a just God that he is. And he is holy and he's just. Job chapter 8 verse 3. Job 8 3. Does God pervert judgment? That's the question. We know that he doesn't. Or does the Almighty pervert justice? We know he doesn't. 
That's the question that one of the friends of Job was asking. God does not about judgment. He doesn't about justice. We know by his nature, he doesn't. Job chapter 4 verse 18. Job 4 18 says, Behold, he put no trust in his servants. And his angels, he charged with folly. So, it, so because of his justice, if God should charge his angels with folly, it means he cannot hold human beings who have sinned sinless. He cannot hold them as if they are as if they have not committed sin. He will hold their sin against them. And that's exactly what happened. The devil knows this. And so when he came into the garden on that particular day, and he tempted Eve and eventually Adam, he knew what he was doing. He knew that if God will not hold his angels sinless, if after they have committed sin, those who committed sin out of the, among the angels, he dealt with them heavily and he cast them out of his presence, the devil knew that God would do the same for the human beings. So if he's drawing you into sin, he knows what he's doing. He knows that God will come heavily on you. Job 37, verse 23. Job 37, 23. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. In plenty of justice. He will do only what is right all the time. Only what is right. So if there is anyone who is um, suffering from injustice, you can be sure you are dealing with the God of justice. Those that you think have gone scot-free. <laughs> there is nothing like that. By the time the king, the king of kings himself will arise and he will begin to deal with them, you will even be pleading for them yourself. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 15. Proverbs 18 15 says, 8, 15 says, By me kings reign and princes decree justice. It is only by him, because he's God of justice, it's only by him that kings and princes can do what is right, that they can decree justice. That they will be able to differentiate between what is right and, and what is wrong. And they will be able to give justice to those who deserve it. It is only by him. That's why whenever a king or a prince does not, does, does not lend his heart to God, does not submit to the living God, such a person will be uh, will specialize in injustice. That's the reason why people can even sell justice for money. And they can mortgage their future and their eternity. Because of things that will perish. They don't understand that if they don't lend their heart their hearts to God, the devil will take over their heart and God of heaven will fight against them. You may be called judge so 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 or justice so so so. It doesn't matter to God. If you don't do what is right, it will come down on you heavily. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter eight, verse, chapter five, verse eight. Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse eight. If thou said the oppression of the poor, and violent perverting of judgment and justice in the province, marvel not at the matter, for he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. He that is higher than the highest, highest is taking note. The Almighty God is taking note of what you are doing. It doesn't matter who you are. People may call you great one. They may call you by any name. But the higher than the highest is beholding you. And at the right time, it will come down heavily on you. 
The first thing that we need to bear in mind is, is that God is a God of order. Sin introduces disorder. Sin introduces confusion. And that was the reason why the women are engaged in blame game the moment God confronted them with sin. That's confusion. Disorder will come into the situation the moment you allow sin to enter. And God can't afford that to happen in his creation. He created a situation of order. He loves order. It is because God loves order. That's why creation had been working orderly since he created it. That's the reason why stars are moving in their course. That's the reason the planets are moving in their course. That's the reason you, you could see that the work of nature, that's why everything is working in, in its own season. He's a God of order. That's why you see sun coming at the right time when it should come. That's why you see rain coming at the right time when it should rain. That's why uh, our, our experts, that's why they can predict even the weather. Because God is a God of order. He's a God of order. But the moment sin enters, it introduces the disorder. And that's the reason why you've got to understand at this point in time. When you allow sin to come into your life, you have allowed disorder. So there's confusion around you. You must watch carefully. It may be because sin has entered. It's my prayer that as you have listened to this particular message, things, are, things about your life will change for the better. You will be able to see sin for what it is. And you will look up unto God, the one who has sent Jesus into the world for, the, for cleansing of our sin. On our own, there, we don't have, there's no solution for sin except the blood of Jesus, the blood of the sinless one. Blessed Father, we appreciate you for all that you have confronted us with today. We thank you for your authority. We thank you because you are God of justice. We thank you, Lord God of heaven, because you are God of order. We appreciate you, Lord God, because you want things to be done in an orderly manner. You don't want sin to destroy our life. You don't want sin to destroy our community. We have realized that all sins are committed against you. And we have realized that we are challenging you each time a sin is committed. Please, Lord, forgive us today. Lord of heaven and earth, cleanse us from every iniquity and trespass. And my Father, my God, we pray that for everyone who hears this message today, let there be a new beginning. By the power that is in the blood of Jesus, wash us clean. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen.